Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. Today on the Home Hour, we're celebrating the little things. And by little, we mean tiny. We're learning about living the good life in small spaces with Joshua and Shelley Ingberg of Tiny House Basics. We hear all about about their journey to a tiny house and how trading square footage for acreage may have been one of the best decisions they've ever made. Not to mention that for the first time ever, we've got a man on the podcast. All that and more on today's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Kirsten. Welcome home, Graham. And welcome to the Home Hour, everyone. Today, we have a big episode. And when I say big, I'm completely lying because it means we have a tiny episode. We are talking to Joshua and Shelley Ingberg, and they are pretty much the foremost thought leaders on the tiny house movement in our country today. They've written an Amazon number one bestselling book, Tiny House Basics, and we are going to learn tips, tricks, hacks, questions, you name it. We're talking about tiny houses and how it might even be applicable in our lives. Right. But before we get to that interview, uh, we do have a sponsor for this episode. It is being brought to you by Opinion Outpost. And um, opinions, you know, we've all got them. And <laughs> sometimes Let's we share monetize them. them. <laughs> Let's monetize them. Have you ever heard I that love expression? to monetize an opinion. <laughs> Have you ever heard that expression? It's my opinion, but it's worth what you paid for it. Well, <laughs> have you heard that? I, I heard that a lot when, uh, when people were giving me passive aggressive advice on child rearing when I was like new mom stuff. But I thought that was great. It kind of was a way of dismissing their opinions, which I then used when I was giving people unsolicited opinions. So it's a nice little expression, but it's totally wrong because opinion outpost will actually pay you for your opinion. They and it's, um, and it's professional. <laughs> um, but no, what it is, is it's a consumer research website, companies that you're, you know, you're probably using their products already. And before they launch new products and services, they want to hear from their customers. So that's where Opinion Outpost comes in. They connect companies with people like you um, through surveys and the surveys are available 24 seven. You don't have to go anywhere. You take them all online. So you never have to leave your house. Um, and of course, your personal information remains private and secure. There's no putting in your credit card number it's free to sign up and um, they do they do compensate you you get um, you can earn cash you can earn iTunes and Amazon gift cards and more there's drawings quarterly um, so it's sort of a fun way to share your opinions about the products um, that are that you probably use already and um, and earn maybe a little extra cash so go ahead and check them out you can sign up at opinionoutpost.com forward slash the home hour again that's opinionoutpost.com forward slash the home hour go ahead check them out make your voice heard and start earning those rewards so thank you opinion outpost for your sponsorship Thanks, Opinion Outpost, and welcome Shelly and Joshua Ingberg. Today, we're just going to kind of give everyone a quick overview, but we just wanted to ask, you know, the questions that might be on your mind. I'm sure most listeners have heard of the tiny house movement and just kind of see how do you throw a party? Is it cold? Like, do you have to live in a warm spot to have a tiny house? Can you go to Costco? Um, do you have secret storage? What happens if you and your spouse get a fight? Do you are you allowed to leave dirty underwear on the floor? I mean, these are the kind of things that we are asking Joshua and Shelley. <laughs> yeah, I honestly really knew zero about the tiny house movement. Like I knew it was a thing. I knew people were into it. Um, 
you know, I knew it was green and um, very budget friendly, but I feel like I did not get really the gist of it, which is uh, just there's a lot of mobility involved in it. There's a lot of just opportunities. Basically, you're trading square footage for a bunch of other incredible opportunities, opportunities to be more um, green, more responsible, you know, environmentally uh, opportunities to save money and also the opportunity to travel. I mean, you can put a tiny house places. You cannot put your regular house that's on a foundation. I didn't realize how much mobility and travel was a part of this lifestyle. But not for everybody. I also realized that it's uh, it's something that it's not a one size fits all thing. Right. But he did talk about in the episode, and I think this is really cool, um, a family that has five children that's living in a home that's under 500 square feet, which is kind of cool because I didn't get to mention this on the show, but I used to have some really good friends um, in North Carolina, and they lived on a school bus for a while, a retrofitted school bus, which I thought was super hip and cool, but also sounded a little bit cold and frosty because it would get cold where they lived. But they did how many kids did they have? Oh, they didn't have any children. See, that's the thing. It's sometimes these dreams work a lot. There's a lot of things we did before children. But, <gasps> oh, man, I just went to one of those, like, hipster parties that they threw. It was so cool. You know, you're at a cool party, obviously, when you show up and people have, like, a lot of facial hair. But also, there's a banjo. Like, to me, if a banjo and a fiddle are at the party, you need to stick around. And a bonfire. And maybe there might have even been some peyote. <laughs> Peyote at a party in a school bus house? No way. I know. I was completely out of my element. Oh, man. Sorry. We're going off the res again. But so everyone was like, you know, so, you know, I'm always asking, what can I bring to the party? And she said, you can bring an appetizer. Well, I had just come up with this fabulous appetizer. And of course, they said a vegetarian appetizer because it was an all vegetarian party. And I got this genius idea that I was going to make my famous vegetarian chopped chicken liver, which was a real it's a great recipe. But FYI, don't make a vegetarian dish that sounds like a dish that most meat eaters are uncomfortable with because <laughs> nobody wanted to touch my like it would basically be like serving vegetarian calves liver. I mean, I wouldn't eat that on a normal day. So it was not the best selling appetizer to bring to the hippie bonfire party. And on that note, yeah, Kirsten speechless. On that note, like legit speechless. But it's a no, fantastic but, recipe. I'll share it with you if you want. We can even post it. It's really good. It involves a lot of chopped. It's also ugly looking, but it's really tasty. It involves a lot of chopped frozen peas. Okay, guys, so you're going to want to head to our website, The Home Hour, for an ugly, unappealing <laughs> recipe that no one is going to want to eat. Graham's going to go ahead and share that. Don't say I never gave you nothing, people. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I just okay, but, chopstick and liver coming your way. Oh, but tiny homes. I did learn a lot. It's a really cool concept. I think at one point I said, I kept using the word crazy, and I hope it didn't come across as offensive because I think it's really cool. Like, I really genuinely am so impressed with this life. Lifestyle. I just, I think it's really hard for people who are living in a normal sized home with kids and with, you know, sports equipment and winter clothes and Christmas wrap and all these other crazy things we store um, to imagine it. It sounds like crazy to do that. But, they make but it like seem crazy, really, really, but, yeah. wait, but crazy in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, gosh, should we just go crazy and throw away all of our garbage and move right, to like, a tiny let's home? Just do it. I have that in my heart. Like, I just want to like throw it all away and just go be a vag. I have a little bit of a wild spirit in me. So I think well, we need a word. We need a word for crazy. That's not crazy. Like it's just crazy enough to work. <laughs> Dreamer unique. That's definitely what Shelly and Joshua are. And we really enjoyed our conversation with them. So without further ado, welcome home. Welcome home. 
everyone, and welcome to the Home Hour. We are with Joshua and Shelley Ingberg, and they are the authors and builders of Tiny House Basics. And we have them on the Home Hour today, and we'd like to welcome you, Joshua and Shelley. Thank Hello. you. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thank you so much for being here. This is so fun to get to talk to you because I feel like the tiny house movement is just sweeping the nation and people who never even thought that would be a consideration are like, wow, you know, that's that's interesting. Um, There's there's maybe a lot of pluses to this lifestyle. Um, So I would love to know just first of all, how you got involved in this. Like, I assume you weren't born and raised in tiny houses. Uh, no, we, we, we definitely <laughs> not were born and raised. Um, but we are, we live in the San Francisco Bay Area and we are Bay Area natives. We got married in 2011 and we, I had a rental house that Shelly moved in after we got married. We were paying the low monthly rent rate of around 2000 um, <laughs> 2500 with utilities which is was really cheap at the time yeah, in the bay area <laughs> uh, you can't get anything for that price anymore um so we were you know living in a, a rental it was a 50s house so it kind of had a lot of poor quality like windows a lot of issues going on with the house and we we're paying a good amount of money for rent uh, terrible landlords you know the usual <laughs> yeah really bad landlords um and as time went on, just our ability to like kind of keep up with fixing stuff on the house because our landlords never did anything. Um, and then also paying the high cost of living, just the ability to keep up with that just decreased. And then so we kind of came to like a crossroads of either we needed to move out of the state or drastically change the way we lived. Um, and then we we took. Uh, anniversary trip up to Washington to Mount Rainier where our family has an old log cabin and then after we came back we kind of realized we well we stumbled upon a documentary on tiny houses at first we kind of thought they were crazy because we've had friends talk about them before and they're like 100 square feet but then we saw like kind of normal people and couples I mean not normal people (laughs) (laughs) normal's relative right (laughs) yes yes yes. (laughs) so like couples and just living in larger tiny houses and we're like oh we could totally do this yeah and that pretty much started it and that's where we're like okay we're doing it yeah so it was when we watched uh, well the, the family cabin that we had stayed at in washington is small it's like six, 600 square feet i think roughly and so we were very very comfortable there and uh, it still felt like more than enough space and our rental home was about 1300 square feet so not huge but not tiny either but um even our home that we were renting we just had two extra rooms of I mean, it was packed with stuff. I mean, stuff that we didn't even know was there. Stuff when you kind of like sort through it, you'd be like, oh, that's where that thing is. Okay, wait, wait. I don't want to interrupt, but I think we've talked too much about small and tiny without defining it. Because this is, this is, I guess, a question that we had was, when does it become a tiny house? And when is it a big tiny house and a small tiny house? Like, are there specific guidelines of like, this is officially a tiny house? See, generally, a tiny house is classified for anything really under about 500 square feet. Yeah. Um, and then anything above that is really going to be kind of a, um, a small house, um, cottage and so on. So, but yeah, generally the accepted rule or not a, not a strict rule, but accepted, uh, square footage is anything around 500 square feet and less. And you decided to basically not only build and live in one yourselves, but you've started a company that builds these, these houses as well. Yeah, so it all kind of started from our whole process organically. So 
Shelly has a background in interior design, and then I have a background in aviation and metal fabrication. And I've custom built trailers before for lots of different types of line of work. And we decided we were going to build it on a trailer, which most tiny houses are use, using a trailer as the foundation. But then with its larger size of 28 feet, it just became more of a challenge of, do I want to do, do this myself or do I want to just have a company build it for me? I started reaching out to manufacturers in California, and I pretty much contacted most manufacturers on the West Coast, and nobody wanted to do it for me. Nobody wanted to build a trailer for a tiny house. And then I found a factory that um, would build the trailer that we planned on doing for our tiny house. And um, we started that process, and we started building a custom trailer for our tiny house. And that pretty much kind of thought this uh, started this thought process of, if we have this issue of doing this, how many other people are, tr- are dealing with the same thing? I'm sorry. I'm just, okay. I'm brimming with excitement here. You are the people in the country doing tiny houses. You've written the number one best-selling book. Like you are the ones who are building it. This is just like, I feel as if we have like the head of the cupcake, you know, when the cupcakes were the hottest thing, like we have you on our show. So I'm just going to like throw some questions at you really fast, just because I think listeners might have some questions, but I am dying to ask you. So for example, right. Are most tiny houses always mobile? You're talking about the trailer. Yes. Are we yes. are we always okay? So you're you're having a house that you can pick up and you can move all the time. So you're not thinking like, let me just completely get off the grid. I need to go somewhere in the country and find a spot. This is kind of a mobile tiny home. Correct. Yeah, and but most people are yeah. You know, we deal with pretty tiny houses on wheels, so they're all built on trailers. That's all we deal with. Yeah, that's all we deal with. Majority of people are usually building them in one location, moving them to where they're going to live. And they usually travel because of it. I mean, there is a few people that do travel the country in their tiny houses, but most people love that freedom of being permanently temporary, that they Mm -hmm. can park it in a spot or on their land for a couple of years. They can move it to another area if they want. I mean, the same thing with us. Our tiny house has been on the same piece of land for about three years now. And we never intended to travel with it. Right. Yeah. So if if we get bored here or if, you know, the situation changes, we have no problem. And, you know, we actually built it in a different location um, in a town about 30 minutes away originally. And so that's what we did. The situation kind of got it didn't turn out to be the best. So we found a better a better spot and we moved. We moved a little tiny house. How many houses are you building a year? Roughly. Well, Majority of tiny house basics is we are building the trailers for people to build themselves. So we are building the the foundation, the trailer, we deliver it to the customer, and then the customer is building their own tiny house. We also do build tiny houses for customers in our um, California location, and we have a uh, Pennsylvania location. Um, But majority of our business is we are very much do-it-yourselfers, so we're supporting that do-it-yourself movement of supplying the the strong foundation and then they can build their tiny house on it. So what's so interesting about this is it's like, it's not a one size fits all thing. It's people who just would prefer to live, you know, in a stationary normal home, but have it be really, really small or people who want a traveling lifestyle. I even know some people who've done this, like, um, like as a guest house, you know, they, they know their guests are only going to be there for a couple maybe two weeks and they don't need a giant guest house, but it's so, so well thought out. I mean, how is the most, what is the most creative uh, customer you've had? Like what is the most interesting use you've ever seen of a tiny house? It's, it's hard to really narrow it down because it's so varied because we, 
we've built 10 foot trailers for tiny houses. We've built uh, 50 foot trailers for tiny houses. We build them up to 10 feet, eight inches wide. Most of them are eight feet wide, but there is, it's so across the board because we have people that are doing them for mobile shops, for Airbnbs, but majority of people are doing it for their residence. I mean, they are planning on living in it. We have even a lot of people that are retiring and they want to go smaller. So they do a tiny house. Um, uh, parents that do it for their kids that are going to college. So they kind of have their privacy. Um, yeah, there's a ton of different uses. Wait, like you them. send your child to college with a tiny house? No, That'd like usually amazing. they're going to college nearby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they need to have their freedom still and have a tiny house on the land. Or But we've even had college students or pre-college yeah. students build a tiny house for themselves and then they take it to their university yeah. and they find a place to live. Nearby. Yeah. So it could be... Graham and I went to college from... together. I would have totally been excited if you had showed up with a tiny house, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed with your dorm the room, but this really would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about your experience as a family in a tiny house. Do you guys have kids or are you guys um, just you two? Just us two and two dogs. Two dogs. Okay, that's yeah. that, that takes up a lot of room. Okay, so yeah. tell us about your experiences. I mean, you guys entertain in this home. You're living well in your tiny home. You're not. This is not a sacrifice. You're really living life to the max in this tiny home. How does that work? How does entertainment work? <laughs> Um, entertaining. So being that we live in California, we have pretty like fair weather for the most part. Um, I mean, we have our moments of, you know, extreme heat and then rain. So, but we definitely utilize the outside for that. So that was part of our original design is to have our eight foot accordion bifold window that opens up. So it's a three feet tall by eight feet wide space. And we have a bar on the inside and a bar on the outside. So it can fit sit eight people. Uh, comfortably across so with the tiny space we usually do no more than eight to ten people um just for the fact of keeping it more manageable so we are clean up (laughs) okay i've got to stop you because i mean i feel like you were doing it at under 500 square feet and your answer is of course yeah eight to ten people totally manageable i mean you're just better people (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> we, we actually entertain more now with a tiny house than we did when we had um, our bigger house I think mainly because too it was always like oh we've got to clean up and now it's so small you're like oh no problem we'll just clean up and people can come out and we really use our outdoor space so we have a like a picnic table out front and some chairs and we just really really uh, depend on our outdoor to, to entertain but we have it's funny even when we can go outdoors and people come over they're still cramming into the tiny house so you know they're all like in the kitchen I'm back there yeah, cooking. The kitchen's 10 feet long <laughs> yeah. and they're still, wanna, and they're still you know, crammed back there with me in the kitchen so because they're um, wanting to open every door and see where you keep the toilet paper and the paper towels and all those great <laughs> things like where do you yeah. get your spices from I mean honestly I could just fire questions at you all day long like just tell me yeah, when this I have is a getting spice rack <laughs> I just bought a well, spice rack <laughs> Do you have to kind of be nautically efficient in your house? Do you have your rules and routines? Like, I'm assuming you can't leave a pair of pretty underwear on the floor. Um, you would really think we would have I rules feel and like, routine, but um, I feel like efficiency is like a journey. And I feel like that's a personality trait more so than a, a space issue. Um, we are both equally clean slash messy. So neither one of us are clean freaks. And I'm not like constantly going around organizing things. I wish I was a little bit more that way but um you just find I don't know we find space our kitchen is a good size like it's it's really the size of an apartment um kitchen 
So I'm surprised that we actually have more storage than I thought we would. And I think you reevaluate your space more often. Yeah. You're like, okay, what we thought was working is not working. We're, we have to change it. It's constantly a puzzle. Yeah. In our old space, it was like, okay, um, you know, our old house, 13-inch square foot, we would be like, okay, this isn't working, and we're not going to have to worry about it because it's in the other room. Yeah, we'll just close the door. <laughs> but you interact with everything so often in a tiny space. Like, for instance, our couch, we're on our fourth couch, right? Yeah. And it's just because, I mean, we like to change things up decor-wise and, you know, and comfort-wise, so... We've gone through several couches because... Barstool's the same. You, I think everything you have, you use definitely more heavily mm-hmm. because it is so small. So even our kitchen stools were like the ones we're sitting at. We're on like our fourth pair also. And we finally... It's like this process like, oh, this looks nice, but it takes up too much space. So finding that balance. Yeah. Um, where do you shop for furniture? I mean, have you found that furniture just doesn't fit? There's a couple of small, like CB2 and West Elm... Um, they're kind of, they cater to small spaces, especially, and in our area, since we're close to San Francisco, we can always find stuff usually on Craigslist, which is yes. nice, because everybody has small spaces in the city, um, but those are kind of our go-tos, because they do make apartment-sized furniture, so we generally go towards apartment-sized furniture. Yeah, we'll go to, like, CB2, then we'll eye certain items, then we'll search Craigslist for those items, Yeah, <laughs> and we'll usually score them. Yeah. Okay, so we've we've kind of established that to be a tiny houser, maybe not in Alaska, maybe not in Minneapolis. We actually do have customers in Alaska. Mm-hmm. We have customers in Hawaii. Hawaii is growing very big. We have customers in like Nova Scotia, Wisconsin, Minnesota. So no matter the type of climate, whether it's cold or extreme heat, people are still doing it. Mm-hmm. And especially in the, you know, in Ontario and where it gets very cold, we ship a lot of tiny house trailers there and people are building up there. They're just building for colder weather, but it can definitely be done in any climate. And yeah, people they just are kind doing of, it. They change climate. kind of the accessories or um, appliances that maybe they need. Maybe they don't, an eight foot accordion window may take up too much space for something that they can use for winter clothes storage. Or, you know, it's not as important to them to have an indoor outdoor space like that, you know, since their climate is different. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of people that do it in cold weather. And that's the great thing that's driving the movement is because all these houses you see are a personal reflection of the owners that built them. So everybody's needs are different. Um, They're not like, you know, cookie cutter um, track homes. These houses are tailored to the owners. Yeah, they're very individual. Right. But I feel like I live in Phoenix and I know you're in California and I have friends who have smaller homes and I have seen uh, exactly what you're talking about. You can compensate by just living outside more. In fact, that's one of the things kind of we were intentional about when we built our home was um, let's not have this big kitchen table because let's have one out on the patio so we can go out and enjoy this beautiful weather. Um, but man, the people doing it in the cold climates, they are really committed to that that lifestyle because you don't have that as an option. I feel like we get a little a little extra help in the warm climates. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Shelly and Joshua, we just kind of wanted to get a sense about budget. And is this something where you can save money? And what are ways that you do save money? Yeah, so we when we started doing it, or when we planned to do it, we had our estimated budget of the house, which went over what we originally thought it would be. But we are like, okay, we have, if we stay in a rental house in California, uh, you know, if we take that rental, you know, monthly rental rate and expenses, if we lived in our tiny house for two years, we would break even for the cost of building the tiny house. Um, And so here we are at three years. So we're definitely in the black um, because that's how we kind of looked at it is like, we just need to live in it for two years and we'll be break even. And then if we don't like it, 
you know, we're still like ahead of the game. Um, But so at this point, you know, we're going on three years. We are definitely saving money. Mm -hmm. Our our rent where we live is very, very low because we're just leasing the land, you know, because we brought the house. Yeah, we (laughs) Um, have the dwelling. Yeah, we have the dwelling. Um, Our electricity and utilities is what, about like $25 a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's basically propane for heat and cooking. And then oh we do goodness. have electricity, but it's so, it's so small, so it's also very efficient, and it doesn't take that long to heat or cool. Um, we have a wood burning stove for the winter time, so the cost of living is very very low. And the biggest advantage to that is we can go and travel, and you know usually when you're in a an, our, our previous house, if we were going on a vacation, we have to budget for the vacation, but we also have to budget to pay for the expenses back at home for the time you're gone. With such course, a low yes. living expense, mm-hmm. um, we could, you know, we didn't have to worry about that in yeah. that way. It's so interesting. I, the other day, figured out what it costs to live, you know, at Casa Smith for the night. And really, I started adding that on to our hotel budget whenever we travel. If you add on, you know, utilities and rent kind of amortized, it just, it is interesting how much a hotel quote room, you know, quote unquote, really costs. But right. that actually leads me to a new question. Do you ever just kind of crave going to a hotel room one night, you know, just <laughs> oh, yeah. kind of I mean, laid? we do, we do. And we, when we travel for, you know, work fairly often and so when we do (laughs) there are some times where we will get like upgraded to like a junior suite or something and it does feel nice (laughs) because because america just wants to give you space what you're doing is so (laughs) rich yeah if you came here i'd be like here just like just spread out guys whatever you want yeah i love it what do you you mentioned utilities what do you guys do for water how does that work um we our property has well so we um we have a well on the property and we trenched over, I think about 50 feet and ran a water line right behind the tiny house to where we plug in for electricity. And then, yeah, so we have, we have very hard water. So we have to have water softeners uh, to soften up the water, but we do have, you know, um, a supply of water. You know, a lot of people will be able to have access to utilities, what we found, but you can get large storage water tanks and have it, you know, and electricity and have everything ready to go. Um, or you can be more off the grid. Um, so our well system is basically to a spigot. So it was a pretty easy system to hook up to our house. But um, you know, we we have we know people in like Arizona too that are on you know more rural land and they have big storage tanks and stuff like that. So you can get that all set up to it operates totally just like a regular house. And then you just have a, a water truck come in and re refill. Yeah. So. Okay. What about, um, so let's just get back. I know it's, you said you don't have children, but let's talk about, do you have families who buy these homes and how do they make it work? Or have you heard any tales or what kind of that works like or how that looks? Is it possible? Yeah. yeah. One of our largest families is a customer up in the gold country near Lake Tahoe. Um, And we sold them a 48 foot gooseneck tiny house trailer. And it was, it was the parents and five kids. What? And Whoa. they and I asked him, you know, Patrick, I think I remember Patrick, I asked him, how did he do it? Or, you know, how is he going to get used to a small space? And he's like, oh, it would be no problem because we've been living in a 34 foot, foot airstream for the past like five years. So it's <laughs> like, this is going to feel huge. He's like, I'm going to have room for my kids. So um, <laughs> that's probably not like the most common situation, yeah. but like that is the the biggest that we've seen. But there's a lot of pe- like new parents with toddlers, um, 
four people, family members usually do it pretty comfortably. And I think they just go a little larger in their trailer. Yeah. And they build out a couple different lofts, and usually they kind of have more of a wall to give privacy. Um, yeah, there's a customer of ours in Sacramento that she's a single mother, and her daughter is a teenager. And they have two separate bedrooms on both opposite sides of the tiny house. It's 32 feet, and they have a closed-off wall for privacy for and both And doors on each, yeah. So they have one staircase that splits up two different ways. And um, I wasn't sure how it was going to look. And after looking on our Instagram, I was like, I'm, I'm really impressed. It looks <laughs> looks really comfortable. Yeah, it looks very so, nice. Yeah. Do you guys so think you'll be in a tiny house forever? I don't know. That's hard to say. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're, we, as of now, we don't have any plans to change it. We're, we, I always say I'm very surprised at how comfortable we are because we went into this totally um, with blinders on. We had never been in one. We they weren't very common yet. We just thought like, oh, let's give it a try. If it works, it works. If not, you know, we'll deal with it then. But um, going on three years now, and we're always surprised at just how comfortable the space is and how much space you uh, you adapt to because you can only occupy so much space at a time anyways mm-hmm. per person. So um, for the foreseeable future, we're in a tiny house. But, you know, if circumstances change, you know, we would deal with it then. Yeah, and it's well, like if we're away not- for... Yeah, if we're away for a period of time, like, we miss our small space. Yeah, yeah, and even when we stay in, if we go and stay in, like, an Airbnb, if we're working, things like that, it's nice to um, be like, oh, this is a nice space, it's big, and then towards the end, I'm like, oh, man, but I forget you've got to, like, clean this thing. (laughs) So I really appreciate having a small space to clean, and um, it has everything we need, so it's it's comfortable. You did mention that you had pets. Um, yeah, so we have two small poodles. They're, uh, well, poodle mixes. One's a cockapoo and one's a Bichon poodle. And they're about 20 pounds. Each, yeah. And uh, they're best friends and they're just sleeping right now. Um, but so We have a dog bed for them that just kind of like rotates throughout the house throughout the day. Like if we're needing to do stuff in the kitchen, we just move their dog bed to the Or they move it lately. Our dog's drag dog bed sun. around. Um, yeah. So Wait a minute. Are you recording in the house right now? Yeah, yeah, it's oh, where amazing. we live, right? And your, and your two dogs are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah they're sleeping there in the background. You even they're have good tiny house dogs, so everybody knows their place. Everyone has some sort of. Everyone knows how to behave properly in the house. Yeah, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. the even the dogs. Yeah, are um, yeah. yeah they, they they have room for improvement. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so they sleep in their. You know, they have a dog bed, but so at night we have this pet gate that's collapsible. Um, it's called a retractor gate. And it closes off the kitchen. So we create that as like their home. Yeah, it's like a, a mesh gate that rolls up. Some people use it as a baby gate, too. So oh, yeah, yeah um, we've had one of those. I love those. Things. OK, yeah. So you're kind so of like mini that. MacGyvers as well. Tell us some <laughs> tricks. I like yeah. that. Let's, are you doing like things with pencils? Like, don't worry, I've got a pencil and some bubble gum and half a radish. We'll make a, you know, tell us <laughs> some really cool storage things that maybe we can even use to implement in our own homes. I think, I mean, we have a lot of cool, really storage solutions that we've highlighted a lot in the book for us. We, for that tiny house to be, I think, um, doable for longer periods of time. We don't have a lot of convertible spaces or like our couch is not a storage couch. It's a full on comfy couch. So we don't have a lot of too many, too many convertible kind of storage solutions because we needed it to be practical for us, as in not too much work to be able to access certain stuff. Like cleanest storage solutions where we raised up the floor around the king size bed and there's like these floor cubbies. 
and they have carpet tiles on them, but all of our stuff, like Shelly mentioned earlier, is hidden underneath the cubbies um, out of view. So when the loft is clean, it just looks like just a bed and a clean floor with carpet. Yeah. The only other convertible thing I think, and it's really not even convertible, but we have a storage ottoman that has wheels on it that goes underneath the stairs. So we can roll that out when we're watching movies and still have a cushy place for our feet to go. Um, But other than that, I mean, in the bathroom, we have open shelving and just um, probably like six to eight just storage bins that have you know cloth inside of them so you don't see all of the stuff just on display because that's when it starts to look kind of junky is whenever you see all the trinkets in every single bin and then it just starts to look really messy um so just kind of like keeping everything clean but yeah like josh said i think the floor storage is probably the cleanest of the storage that we have and people don't know that it's storage unless they go up there and we tell them you know as you're talking the idea of a tiny house seems so um i don't want to use the word crazy (laughs) <laughs> but for someone with three kids and way too much junk, it just sounds like, oh, that's crazy. I would never do that. That's way too much. That's a huge undertaking. But really, I mean, it's not that much different than someone cho- choosing to live in a very small apartment. It's just right. that you put it in a different context. But I think by doing that, you're opening up this way of living to people who uh, don't live in big cities. But this is how people have lived in cities for a long time. You're just putting yeah. it in a new location and offering... Um, a whole new list of, you know, amenities. Like when you talked about that guy with the five children, well, he lives in Tahoe. I mean, how many people get to live in Tahoe? So you're trading, um, you know, some storage and some space for really the ability to live in a place that you may never get to live in. Right, exactly. Or or even if you did, <clears throat> did live there, you're probably working more than you are actually living. And we traded square footage for acreage. So we have, you know, 374 square feet of house, but the acreage that we live on is around 30 acres. So there's a lot of land around us, a lot of wildlife, but our actual dwelling is really small. Yeah. But we have a big outside. And that's something we craved when we were in our like suburban neighborhood um before where it's like we go outside and everybody's outside and it kind of feel like you're in a fishbowl and they're like what do you do like they're watching you to see what you're doing for the day you know they're just kind of nosy and so going outside there's always people outside and so um and i was always in the garage whether it was welding or working on my truck and I would always, the neighbors would always drive by and slow down and like, They're just you know. peeking in, you know, they're all nosy. And now it's, it's always you're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be able to like go outside and like not have people just watching you? <laughs> so I totally understand. When we were moving into our house, my husband asked the real estate agent if we could get a house with a moat around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he yes. definitely wanted privacy. Um, yeah. And just not to be in everyone's face. Um, yeah. So what are we missing? What have we not asked you? Because truthfully, I'm seduced by this concept. I mean, you'll be getting an order for me from a tiny house very soon. Um, I just, I've loved this idea for so long. I think it's genius. I think it's so forward thinking. I mean, we spent a little bit of time in Japan traveling and um, that's, you know, that's how most of the world lives is in small spaces. I think it's our culture that is a little slow to the game potentially as far as downsizing. But I think we're rapidly trying to embrace the movement and obviously you're way ahead of the movement. So I'm just very excited you could kind of share this with us today. Josh always says, he's like, people in Europe have been living like this forever. It's not a new concept. But yes, in the in the U.S., people are slowly wrapping their minds around it. 
Well, like my car has gotten bigger every year. I go to Costco now like twice. I mean, I'm no, I'm I'm just I'm embarrassed even saying all this to you. I really am. I mean, do you Are you ever allowed to go to Costco? Oh, yes, we go to Costco. We have a Costco time. membership. <laughs> and we do go there. We kind of we get paper towels and toilet paper and dog treats and dog treats wait wait where are you keeping these paper towels because i live in a normal size house and i don't have enough storage space for my costco paper towels and toilet paper yeah we keep them in white cars yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow that makes me very happy big smile we'll we'll put like two rolls two or three rolls under the sink for paper towels and we do have like a a toilet paper holder that holds like six rolls at a time so <laughs> you know the vertical little standing one so again to draw our listeners in um would you mind or if you have i mean i know you have a beautiful book that we can all um reference our book tiny house basics living the good life in small spaces it is our complete story from the beginning to now but also tips and tricks we've learned throughout the way but the house you see in the book is our house so we did all the photos. It's everything from the inside to the outside and what we learned through this whole entire process, relationships in small spaces, um, living with pets in small spaces, the different types of methods you can do, whether building from the trailer up, um, building, it having it built for you, um, or even doing partially of having the outside built and then you do the inside. So we kind of talk about all that stuff, um, living off grid, um, and so we are super excited that we are in our second edition of the book is will be ready. I think this next week. Mm-hmm. So we um, are going to a, a, a higher gloss paper on the inside. So the pictures will pop more. Um, so the book has been doing really well. Um, and also people that have picked up our book, they can easily reach out to us on Instagram, which is tiny house basics or our other social networking, um, you know, social network sites um, but yeah, so it's been, it's a really good resource tool for people that are, um, casually thinking about tiny houses or seriously thinking about tiny houses. It's, we, it's, we wrote it in an approach that's, ex- um, easily approachable to all types of people. Well, it sure is an interesting way to live and I, I see the attraction for sure. Um, okay. I think Graham, are we ready for our lightning round? Are you ready Shelly and Joshua for our lightning I round? Don't I don't know. <laughs> ready or not okay I'll ask the questions and we can all take a turn answering okay Target or the dollar store oh gosh Uh, depends on what dollar store (laughs) you have a preference in dollar stores dollar was it Um, dollar tree yeah Yeah, we'll go with dollar tree yes (laughs) I've never had a clarifying question in the lightning round before I know <laughs> we shop it both equally. So yeah, we, so tough. Fifty fifty. I like I like Target for its decor. Yeah, we'll go with Target <laughs> as the official answer. Fair. Okay, I'm going dollar store. Okay, <laughs> I'm going Target because Target has the dollar bin, so I feel like I get two for one with that answer. They jacked it up to three and five dollars, Kirsten. It's not a dollar anymore. I know, but by the time I buy my kids all their toys in the dollar store, they always they always ask for something at the dollar store, and it's at the dollar store. So I say, sure, and then I wind up with like $30 worth of plastic toys that we did not need. So can't store those <laughs> in a tiny house. That would stop that behavior, though. Doll houses or micro machines? That is so random. <laughs> it's super random. Well, Get it? Okay, it's so tiny things. They're tiny things. Oh, micro these machines up. for me. I used to play with micro machines when oh. I was a kid. 
And also our first man on the show. Have we really like dun 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 I mean, this is a huge day. Like we're so excited. Our first bit of testosterone on the home hour. His is definitely dollhouses then. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, yeah. I'm going dollhouse. Dollhouse, yeah. Okay. Micro machine for the boy. Oh yeah, micro machine all the way. Micro machine. Throw your way, Joshua. Just to make I've got know. two cents. Okay. Mini bottles. I guess we'll call them airline bottles or hip flask. I would go for a hip flask. Yeah, I over, would too. Yeah. Hip flask. <laughs> Respectable. Um, it's because they're green. Bottles. They're good at, you know, being off the grid and green. And Oh, I was thinking about sheer volume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Graham? I said mini bottles. But oh, okay. I, I mean, I think actually they might have swayed me toward hip flask. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really torn. Volume is important, but I also know that mini bottles go well in a pinata, as we learned on one of our party planning episodes. So that's a wow, tough one. I would, I would like to hear more about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Smart car or Vespa? Vespa. Vespa. Yes, Vespa. Woo woo. I almost had a Vespa and then I got pregnant. A note to self, if you want your Vespa, buy it now before children. Um, <laughs> I do want a Vespa really bad. I was we had a Mini Cooper, with... though. We had a, it's a shame we don't have any more, but we had a British Mini Cooper right-hand drive, the original one. We had it for about five years, but we sold it to help save up for the tiny house. Oh, uh, you guys. Well, don't be surprised when your newest tiny house visitors, Kirsten and Graham, come. Yeah, when they're being shipped to Phoenix or Birmingham. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing this and inspiring all of us um, to look more into this tiny house. If it's been maybe a dream or a little itch in the back of anyone's mind, um, I think you gave us a lot of good information and just was really interesting to hear about. Um, Thank you so much for being with us. And again, you can follow them on Instagram at tinyhousebasics. Yep. And your website. Tinyhousebasics.com is the website. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Thanks for joining us. And I feel privileged to be the first guy on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. And thanks to everyone for listening. You can follow us at Instagram at The Home Hour. And if you enjoyed the show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Hey guys, it's Kirsten. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joshua and Shelley Ingberg. If you'd like to learn more about Tiny House Basics, we've got some great news. We're going to be doing a giveaway of their book. All the details are going to be on Instagram. So if you're not following us, head over there and follow us at The Home Hour. Again, it's just at The Home Hour and we'll have all the details of this great giveaway. Thanks for listening and have a great week.